Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Slugs. Inco. Comma. Slugs. Inco. Comma. Slugs. Inco. Comma. Slugs. Hello, Europe. Make some noise. to hold it <laughs> even longer but i know well, we're not an adult swim show we're all as much as a spaceman as much as i'm trying to steer us yeah no that'd be fun yeah, we could do that we could just become uh tim heidecker's podcast yeah except we'll call ours tit heidecker <laughs> Now I'm like a very attached to this name. That's how it happens. That's the creative process, guys. Just one ephemera, and now I need to call something tits high tech. Aqua hungered tit force. Yeah. Tit goes to the mayor. <laughs> tit and Eric's awesome yeah. show. Great job. <laughs> yeah, tit and Eric. Tit billies instead of spit billies. <laughs> now I'm just imagining these squid billies with lots, like eight tits each. As many arms as they got, they got tits. tits. hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were just watching Eurovision. That was what Marlo was referencing. And a uh, couple people were robbed. Shout out to Bulgaria. You guys got robbed. That song rocked so fucking hard. Yeah. It was like Pantera. It was like Dragon it, Force. It was like a Pantera song. Marlo was just pissed off they didn't go full metal. Yeah, no. The, your lead singer needs to hit a higher note for it to be metal. Those are the rules. It's not really metal if you don't hit those higher notes, unless you're that grunty kind of metal, but you're not that either. The kind of metal you're going for requires a falsetto. Yeah. What What do you think of Grease, Bunny? Are you mad? I didn't like the, I, you know. I don't know the Grease song was that. It's okay. I just, well, like my favorite Greek pop star is for sure Eleni Ferreira. And she, I believe, has been in Eurovision twice, once for Greece and once for Cyprus. <laughs> so I like a little bit of uh, this kind of song, a little, a little silly or dancier. There was or silly like I dancing. have a, I'm very into, there's a Greek artist I'm super into named Marina Sati that is not super pop, dancey stuff. I wish it could have been something like that. But uh, also this entrant was, I don't know. I can't like her because she too is a half Greek, half some kind of Nordic thing. <laughs> there can't uh, be the, many bo- of us. Bonnie is just an old school pure right. blood. Well, no, she's just angry because she, the woman's Anatolian Greek, so not really Greek. I would never Bonnie. say that. I know you wouldn't. That's why I said. I it mean, if to you're make gonna it. make jokes about me having intra-Greek bigotry, you gotta align it. <laughs> <laughs> I am very I'm all island people which means I'm aligned with the Anatolians and we are in contrast to the mainlanders. Okay. So 
Okay, fair enough. The mainlanders with their corruption of with all the Slavic. I don't know. I'm trying to. I can't do it as good as the real guys do it. Uh, and by the real guys, I mean like every Balkan, Turk, Greek uh, adjacent person on the internet. Uh, I'm not as good at creating. Norway, uh, fun wolf banana song. I'm gonna. Say, my yeah. people, the Nor Norwegians, fun wolf banana. Uh, Moldova, fun I, accordion I hated song. Moldova. You what? I hated Moldova. No, it, it was bad. But I'm talking about which which ones are fun. They're, yeah, yeah. No, I know we're all grading this on a curve. I didn't actually like Bulgaria's song in an objective sense. Oh no! Did someone write that down in Marlowe's file? You better erase it. And uh, make sure uh, you do a note no, that he didn't I, no, mean it sincerely. I'm, sim I'm, I'm simply stating I understand we're grading these songs on a certain curve. I'm not. On that curve. Bunny is all sincerity. I, like. I am appropriately grading these songs within the context in which they exist. Sure. Okay. I feel no need. Okay, fine. To do that. this pretentious thing. Okay, yeah, fine. I understand. Which in, in, in its own way is its own pretension. R right. My, my only pretension is I'm acknowledging these aren't songs I'd normally listen to, and I'm not judging them in that sense. I'd listen to the Lithuanian one again. Yeah, that was okay. I don't know. They seem to have these dime a dozen haunting uh, solo female singer. Yeah. What, like, Iceland uh, also. Yeah, I, I kind of like Iceland. Haunting the best. fairy. Yeah, I kind of liked Iceland's version of that one the best, but Lithuania had a strong version of that. Wait, have you guys seen the Will Ferrell Eurovision movie? I was going to... I have not. Well, I didn't it's, watch it because I... It's good. I, I haven't watched it because I didn't know the context for Eurovision, so now that I know the context of Eurovision, I'd be more willing to watch the movie. It is fun because you very much get the impression that randomly Will Ferrell came across Eurovision and was like, this is awesome and engineered this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I heard it was good. It, I was no, it's very, it's a very fun movie. Like the songs that they write for the movie are super fun. He plays an Icelander. I think, I think that is, there's a whole like elf uh, subplot. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. And this is true. Icelanders are famously part elven, like the Nords are part uh, tall white alien. Mm -hmm. But yes, I'm excited because Sigurós is coming back, my my favorite Icelandic band, and they made up their own elvish language to sing in. Pete Sigurós. <laughs> but yeah, it's Bjork, also a fairy person. Mm -hmm. And those are all the Icelandic people I know, at least singers. Do you know of any other... No, but yeah, uh, I do like Eurovision because I do like divvying up all the countries that compete in Eurovision in like the silliest associations I have with the country. And then if they do a ridiculous song that like matches up, it's really sweet. Of course. That was Moldova. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then of course it's like Moldova always brings like this song only weirdly exists for Eurovision. You know, it's like they're a live band at a wedding <laughs> and they're playing. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I Certainly, this will make Europe respect us more. <laughs> yeah, but uh, strangely, it's not just European countries 
who compete. Australia? Yeah, Australia. But they never get anywhere. Everyone's like, fuck off. Fuck off, right? Fuck off, you fucking weirdos. But, you know, Greece is uh, an oft-competitor. So is Cyprus. And famously, they just throw votes at each other, which many diehards are like, this is unfair. Well, one thing you you were saying that you like about Eurovision is that it's no America. X, no America. Yeah, they don't. This is even the first times where Americans are openly watching this, right? Like where it's streaming now. You know, there's a good deal of sports that are maybe we don't play here that so they, they're aware that some Americans, you know, Oh, we're going to watch some cricket. We're going to watch the cricket. Well, yeah, you know. I mean, people do love cricket. Yeah, no, a lot of people watch cricket. Um, Irish cricket is, or... I mean... Irish football. Yeah, rugby. Rugby. Uh, So Eurovision is very much, like, to the exclusion of the Americas and, like, of of the United States especially, where uh, it's fun to see something that isn't made for American eyes. You know, I don't know. It's it's fun. There's a goofiness to it, I think, that is good. <laughs> Speaking of that Eurovision movie, I have mixed or kind of excited feelings to hear that Spinal Tap is doing a uh, Spinal Tap 2 movie coming out next year. And you groan, Marlo, but I think it could work. And I've been thinking about this. Yeah, I mean, it'll be like meta and self-aware. Right. And I think if they do the same thing as Borat did for Borat 2, and they just make the same uh, movie. What was that again? Yeah, what? what? Borat. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You Borat. said like Bullrat. You said like Borat. 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 <laughs> yeah, you like, we're saying a word that was not Borat. <laughs> Matt, just run it back and play. No, don't the do way it. He said it don't. a couple yeah, times. Make that to our prove. outro. Yeah. Just do like a techno remix of Steve saying "bull rat" right there. <laughs> Emphasis on syllables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, bull bull rat. Yeah. <laughs> Steve's like, I looked up the real. Uh, yeah, that's the actual Kazakhstani pronunciation. Pronounced in Kazakhstan. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, one of my favorite people I follow on Twitter, uh, Matthias, who is a Greek Australian, who was yeah, yeah, who yeah, was yeah, yeah. tweeting at uh, live tweeting Eurovision as well. He referred to Azerbaijan as Aldi Turkey, <laughs> 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 and it's very funny to me. Yeah, no, um, he's a great he's a great account. If you don't live near an Aldi, uh, it would be like a, I guess a Walmart Turkey. <laughs> Like Aldi was the place to go if you were really, really down on. You needed food, but you didn't have a lot of money to spend. No, no, no. they sold food in boxes. They were also ahead. I of, still shop at Aldi. Yeah. They were ahead of the curve on the bags. Yeah, you had to pay I for do your bags. Being able to shop at Trader Joe's, went, like uh, in an imaginary dimension where it's like all well stocked and not crowded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Also, have you ever been to a little L I D L? I don't think so. They're lovely. I they're like a is that a Atlantic like one? No, no, no. It's another sort of European um, oh. uh, transport. But little is a little bit 
I would put it like kind of between Trader Joe's and Aldi, mm. but they do have like a bakery section, which is what makes it different than both of those. Have you been so. to a Red Lion? No. Yeah, that's, I think it might be Delaware specific, but I, when I go down to Delaware, I drive by the Red Lion mega everywhere See, down there is like mega thing. Like, you know, like I'm talking all of these stores, what they have in common is they are privately European owned grocery stores oh. that do. Uh, I didn't realize Aldi's, where is Aldi from? Uh, Germany and that? Yes. Yeah. They're all, uh, I believe, uh, no, yeah. uh, Lidl is um, some Scandinavian country, but they, uh, Trader Joe's and, well, all these more openly, like, you know, it comes from whatever. Trader Joe's is sort of privately owned by a German family. So they all do this thing where they will private label uh, certain foodstuffs where it's the same exact product. It's yeah, just yeah, been- like- Trader Joe's uh, simple times. Yeah. So like like what Trader Joe's does is it's the same exact thing, which is a little bit different than what like a larger the wall Mart Costco like does with like Kirkland, et cetera. That's like a different right. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah that's, a, just... that's the best thing about going to Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, at least nowadays, both Aldi and Little have a good amount of like random Things they're not like on par with Trader Joe's snack innovationness, but mm-hmm. uh, pretty much Aldi does a lot of one-offs from Trader Joe's. I, I'm so sorry that you hit a special interest for me. Uh, <laughs> I could talk about this tier of grocery stores a lot. We're getting to the Nazi mass shooting next, so drag Hooray. it out. <laughs> I think another mass shooting just happened. Yeah, I read that in California, right? Another, another one. Well, no, no, the, the California, California one you mentioned wasn't was was a single. Like someone got shot, but people they locked down the center, so it wasn't right. clear for a while. But just now, there was another mm-hmm. shooting. Hooray! So. Oh man, Orange County at a church. Yeah, it is Sunday, May fifteenth, and we are in. The middle of uh, uh, mass shooting bonanza in America. I mean, it's it's like it never... uh, Never stops. Yeah, like, I mean, the subway shooting was only, like, how many weeks ago, and... Two, three. Like, it's like I'm running out of places where I don't subconsciously think about if somebody came up here shooting... (laughs) I do this thing where I have this delusion of like, add like tuck and roll and, you know, be the lucky one. The thing that I always go back to was I remember when I was working in journalism and it was the summer of 2016. And I don't know if it was just the summer of 2016, but like every day I walked in, it was, I had to report on another shooting. Or like every two days. And I was lucky if I didn't have to. And I remember looking back on it and there was over like 3,000 shootings from May to, from Memorial Day to September. So there was a mass shooting in Baltimore uh, that didn't get national attention because it's in Baltimore, but it was different than uh, it was a person with a semi-automatic who shot off like 60 rounds at a shopping place. But it did, it just, because it's Baltimore, they're like, oh, well, they do gun 
stuff so, there. So then what? Uh, and uh, then in a separate shooting incident, somebody I know was killed. And the way people talk about gun violence in Baltimore, it's very interesting because they never talk about it the way they talk about like a mass shooting. Yeah, in yeah. Like they don't talk about any of the same things. So what about this Buffalo shooting seems like it has legs or maybe it doesn't or because there was that one time we went on and there was a shooting in Texas and then nobody talked about it. Yeah, yeah. So we were just actually recently, this is a fun behind the scenes tidbit for all our many fans. Uh, we were just uh, recently, you the fan, the dedicated fan might be, have, you know, noticed that occasionally... Not every episode gets uh, published on a, you know, punctual basis. Uh, so um, to that end, uh, we had a bunch of backlogs of unlabeled episodes with zero description whatsoever. Just sound files, really. So we had to, uh, as a group, uh, go through and uh, give an old listen. And uh, through that, uh, I was we were all reminded of this mass shooting in Texas that took place while we were recording. And so we uh, talked about it. And... Um, yeah, and probably forgot about it. No one fucking talked about it since. Um, like, absolutely did not get brought up. And that up. was always a tricky thing. Being a journalist is trying to... You really become desensitized to it, one. And then you have to figure out, okay, is this going to be something that ta people talk about the next day, the next hour, the next week? Like, how do you report on it? Um, yeah, I mean, this one has, I mean, you know, manifesto, live streams, you would On Twitch, yeah. You would think... Got caught, survived, like, there's yeah, gonna be... Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain I spoke to, like, people who saw at least some of the live stream. Um, he's a Nazi. He had, like, Hitler, like, Hitler and 14 spray-painted on his gun. yeah. Um, yeah, I feel as though a lot of these things were pretty clear. Well, I, we were just talking about like whether this is going to be another instance of that Texas one that that like fades away. Yeah, that we. I mean, the uh, like, I think as you were saying, because this has this manifesto and ten deaths, and he was taking what I, I don't know, man. I I do feel like. There is such a frequency of shootings that the false flag people have gotten a little bit. They're like, oh, I'm exhausted. I can't even do it again. Yeah, and, <laughs> like and they yeah, can't even muster up just, the energy to. And yet, just like say four weeks all. ago, we had a mass shooting that was a false flag. That's our official position on it. Uh, this one's real, though. This the, one absolutely. Well, this one, happened. they were calling it a false flag. The Nazis were calling it a false flag yeah. before it even ended. Yeah, like as he is on Twitch with his gun that has Hitler written on it. Um, They're like, it's too on the nose. It's got to be the feds. Yeah, I mean, I could see why a Nazi would think that, but um, okay. it's not. Uh, the idea that Nazis or, or like current neo-Nazis or people who are very into white supremacy, the idea that these people are sophisticated is one of the most pervasive myths I come across. Uh, there was a person who was like trying to describe how Nazis divided people up 
in World War II in this way where, I mean, they were efficient. They're Germans. Like, we're not, I'm not saying that they weren't. They, they weren't. But the level of almost fantastical, like, super smart efficiency she had projected onto the Nazis, where I'm like, at the end of the day, there's just people lower and lower ranked who are carrying out orders and some of these things are happening at their discretion. Like, the idea that every person was run through a real, like, are you uh, white or not kind of thing. Like, they didn't just err on the side of killing you <laughs> a lot of the time. Well, there, yeah, there is a definitely... Um Nazis were the thinking man's racist or whatever. and But that's part of the Nazi story. Like, the whole thing is a publicity stunt of, like, look at our fancy outfits and we're connected to all the smartest ancient people and it's all this weird made-up bullshit for this thing. And I... Right. I mean, that being said, I... I could see where if I were a Nazi and I was here first, folks. On uh, Isolate, I were a Nazi. And and Marlo as a Nazi just has a a, a weird patois. (laughs) I were a Nazi. Bull rat. (laughs) Sorry. I were a Nazi. Bull rat. Yeah, you know, and I was, like, watching on Twitch about, like, three quarters of the way through this dude's live stream where he's just shooting up a mall with Hitler written on the gun. And targeting black only, like, what was it, 10 or 12 of the people were black? I know that... Well, I mean, like, let's face it. The the other thing about this sophisticated Nazi myth, as I want to establish it, is that it does this thing where it obfuscates the American tradition of white supremacy, where it is very much, I think we'll talk about this a little more, it's very much attached to the replacement theory. He talks about low white birth rates. Yeah, like at the end of the day, yeah, it's just a dumb idiot who wants to but people who believe it just like kill black people so there's less black people people who believe this simple fucking story that my kind are getting erased and like the reason uh, we should punch Nazis and marginalize this thought is because when people allow themselves to believe even part of this, it makes them dangerous psychos. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like it's worth being explicit about that. It's also really easy to rabbit hole. Like, if you have this idea in your head, this very stupid, simple idea that there's this hierarchy of races and they're all in competition with each other. And if you see your race getting like outcompeted in these isolated ways because when you look around the world you can make up a story that tells you that those things are true it's easy to see how somebody five miles you don't even need to look around the world there are people out here feeding this story to people who are most vulnerable to believing it on purpose because it's a project but then they see it through the lens of when they look out into the world is the like thing about putting they on the glasses. They don't have the framework or sufficient conscious to police themselves for bullshit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, no, I'm being I mean, I mean, I think, yeah, and <laughs> but, I think, 
you know, all Steve's saying is it's a frame of reference that you can then like generally apply and find resources to bring it back to this thesis that they have. Well, once you, I think once you allow a modicum of true belief in the idea that there is you know, a hierarchy of races and that your genetic background contributes to everything. Like yeah, once or you at least start some essentializing essential interest group based upon that. Darwinism is reductive on purpose, right? Cause we're like when you apply it to human beings, you can't because we are them, right? <laughs> Uh, I'm like when, sorry. So a lot of coded Nazi sh- white supremacy shit is weird social Darwinism where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, survival of the fittest and the, the best and the... Da- oh, and we can't help that the bell curve... But, like, there's a lot of people who don't subscribe to white supremacy who don't think they are who are apologetic about the bell oh, curve. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? certainly. I mean, liberals in the 1990s were yeah. very apologetic about the bell I, curve. I'm, I'm, I know people in my peer group who are who are not even all white men who who were, uh, well, d- you, well, I mean, some of it's compelling. And I'm like, my issue is allowing for that argument to be predicated upon is the first mistake. Like, you can't go looking for evidence of the racial hierarchy and then go, oh, my God, I found it. Because, like... Yeah, and I think that's... Yeah, what Steve is more or less that saying. That was what I was... Yeah, I guess what I'm saying about the, like, Darwinism stuff is, like, we can't apply Darwinism to ourselves yeah. because we're the species being... Yeah, yeah, I think that even bringing Darwinism kind of creates a level of abstraction that's not even necessary to get at what is being really... I feel as though the eugenics component of this necessitates bring I mean it's a right. it's a pop bastardized sure, understanding. sure sure I'm just saying though if we look at a lot of beginnings of scientific racism in general happened either before or co-current to Darwin and I think there is sort of even more basic than that a notion of a racial group as a unit itself with a commonly shared interest based upon that. Well, a lot of, yeah, I mean, a lot of early scientific racism was essentially taking principles that Darwin made popular and trying to apply it to right, human right, beings. Right, Yeah, I'm and just being saying. Like, oh, that- it's not this cultural bigotry, it's science. Right. I'm just saying, I think even today, a lot of the ways that it gets described, like with Great Replacement, for example, um, I don't know that there's necessarily, obviously there's an implicit string of eugenics through that, but I think more basic than that is your race is like your family and you want your family to succeed, or your race is like your country and you want your country to succeed it's kind of just the thing of creating an essentialized shared interest that is necessarily shared amongst your racial group and in opposition to other racial groups yeah and like oh this person of a different race got the promotion at work and i didn't get the promotion to work and if you like you know use 
you see yourself in competition with that race as like, and you can say, oh, they're replacing us in this hierarchy of like I mean, ownership and, you know. But this is basic white people shit. Like this is just basic. Right. Affirmative action gets every black person into college for free. Right. La right. la la. Like all these things right, that which are is that's not at the true. End of the day, all right. It is. Like it's right. not true. Even if an individual perceives a great injustice has been done to them and someone was chosen over them or whatever, it's just not a real thing that's really true. Right. Um. But the perception of it is a very strong story that's been around since since the nineties. Like everything that circles the drain, it all goes back to people who want to believe in a meritocracy. And this disrupts the meritocracy. And this is also partial to the eugenics replacement theory stuff. Right, right. Okay. We were just, white people were just winning because we were the best at stuff. And now we're being artificially replaced. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the ways is uh, white women not breeding Mm -hmm. with white men. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot about this yeah. from strangers on the internet. Uh, so. I mean, okay, so like for, uh, I guess, uh, a concrete way of, I guess, saying what I mean is um, a lot of white supremacists will say that they believe in whatever their matrix uh, that uh, East Asians are superior to white people. Well, that's why the bell curve gets touted so often because you can say... Right, um, that's a common trope among... I mean, I've I've met white supremacists that counter-protesting. Asian crowd boys as well. Right, (laughs) right. but like my point is, though, those same white supremacists don't go and therefore I should join an Asian supremacy group because if Asians are in control as the smartest people Western supremacy groups right right my point though is the whole like superiority aspect is implied in the ideology but also there's just a drive to kind of root for your team. They're not trying to make the world a better place in the way that even eugenics purports to. They just want white people to win because they are white. Yes, but they do dress it up in arguments. And I mean, that's a good deal of what's gone to the mainstreaming of things that were sufficiently marginalized for a time. Yeah, yeah. Is, you know... Uh, as I mentioned, uh, the the Western chauvinists, uh, the Proud Boys, and that have a lot of non-white members because you don't have to be white to be a fascist. Right. <laughs> it's just like the easiest way to be one. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I also think, I feel like there's a lot of white people who don't think about it, don't want to think about it, and are sort of vulnerable to some of the coded arguments. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like the the answer to that is to uh, is to be on alert. They're, yeah. they're coming for you, guys. This, well, the this guy, this mass shooter from in Buffalo, uh, comes from not too far away from where my family, my extended family, uh, lives. Conklin. New York, which is close to Binghamton, and he drove like two, almost three hours to Buffalo because it was in the blackest part of the state. 
It's like well, I think it was the blackest city that was closest to him. Yeah, was yeah. which you know a weird thing to do. You know, like that. Yeah, I mean, that, like in and you of know, itself, murdering ten people is also kind of like eccentric in many ways. But it's weird to to be like, oh, I'm gonna go a kill and and drive three hours first. Yeah, well, you know, like man it, had an idea. I don't know. I just assumed you'd... Usually, you shoot local. Yeah. You shoot local. You see someone you don't, I don't like. Know who, you know, he might have had some specific Yeah, thing. he's from Conklin, New York. There weren't any black people within three hours. <laughs> but, you know, just the fact that he felt like just taking any of them out was a right. thing is sort of reflective of... Replacement theory in general. Uh, it's this yeah, very. And apparently, read about it in his unfindable manifesto that we can't find. Yeah. Me and Steve looked very hard for this guy's manifesto. We like. I went to bad parts of the internet and read through many Nazi forums of horrible, horrible people trying to look for. He read many Nazi forums. Yeah. And I can't find it, but there was a rumor going around. That he was a leftist. Yeah, there was this weird, like, random oh, oh, oh. argument that, like, he was somehow, like, a Red Scare fan, <laughs> like, essentially. Which just sounds like somebody made that joke, which is a funny joke to make. <laughs> but and, and, that's something that's going to fly with libs. Yeah, uh, that's it. Like, like, it sounded like a lib making this argument, yeah. actually. It sounded like a lib like making... This is what happens when you listen to these podcasts. A lib making this general, like, socialist or racist, actually, mm -hmm. argument. There's a lot of people very attached to that. They yeah, like, I mean, it was, it was essentially, like, quoting this one part of his, his manifesto that we cannot confirm is actually in the manifesto because we couldn't find it. And... Uh, the other thing that annoyed me about this uh, tweet, uh, was it a tweet? A, Instagram It post. was an Instagram post. A gram. Uh, the other thing that annoyed me about this is they referred to it as an interview he did with himself rather than simply a catechism because that's what he was writing. He was just doing an FAQ way of divulging information called a catechism, been around for 3,000 years. Uh, but anyway, this person never heard of catechisms and also never like read any fascist theory because like basically it was just like one of those fascist obfuscations of like, oh, I'm not really left. I'm not really right either. Um, but well, like, isn't, it isn't this like, the thing like where people are refusing to identify the ways fascists typically talk? Where yeah, like, like it literally. Oh, gee, he it, said it's both. No, I mean, it literally is at the end of the day, Mussolini is a guy who was thrown out of the Italian Communist Party because he wanted to support World War One. Like, yeah, uh, a lot of fascists, like, especially when you get to teenagers who read fascist theory on the internet, they'll say a lot of obfuscating, uh, annoying fucking bullshit that you should ignore and not take seriously, and then kindly but firmly explain to them what they actually think, and don't listen to their protestations that they think something differently, because you know better than them, because you're not a fascist. And if you are... Stop listening to this podcast. If you are, just knock it off. Stop it. Yeah. Knock it off. Stop How it. How can you be a fascist? We're gatekeeping. Zeus, are you being a fascist? How, no. Yeah. Well, he's a fascist 
of my leg. I see how these fascists, like, this is how all these fascists connect with each other via white supremacy stuff, because they're all supposed to be ultra-nationalists, but they're like, we mean this uh, made-up kingdom we made up in our heads. Oh, you mean like <laughs> all nationalism? All, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> that is true. But they've got like, instead of just like, oh, here's a physical place we've made up imaginary lines around. They're like, this place exists in our, it's like uh, that Les Mis song. <laughs> oh, so you mean like Ukraine. <laughs> Castle in a cloud. <laughs> oh, like, you, like Ukraine. Yeah. Or Israel. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or Brazil. Uh, or Alsace-Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> or um, the north of Ireland. Um, so, yeah, I just think that's also... Because I always want to go, okay, guys, say you win, whatever it is, right? You win. Only whites can fuck, or I don't know, whatever it is. Fascist paradise. You know what I mean? What the, like? What is the thing that happens then if, if you win... Like, who, like, what, how does it work? Like, it's all just, like, we're fighting against being replaced. And, and, you know, there's no... Yeah, I mean, I mean, generally, they'll just have some, like, pastoral fantasy about cottage core and shit then like that. And they'll fight over where the best, like, place is about, and then they'll make a bunch of weird arguments about this grass yeah. being better than that grass. And Yeah, I do think that fascists want a hobbit paradise they want the shire yeah they're like that's what they say i don't know it doesn't no, matter man they don't want the fucking shire they want the fucking um they want the road to mordor man <laughs> they well, want to be running that in <laughs> yeah but like theoretically after you cast the ring into the flames then like you farm uh, or whatever the fuck i don't know i think they really actually want to be more like you know, the elves, probably. They want to be immortal, 10 foot tall. Yeah, uh, you know, they, they have a gen- there's a general like. They do magic. Because you don't understand, there's a lot of magic involved right. ultimately. Okay, so the, like there is contradictions within fascism. We're uh, talking fascism, baby. But like, yeah, there are, I mean, so like the Nazis certainly pushed this like cottage core. Um, the yeoman farmer deal uh, that would take place uh, in this like you know sort of like redone version of um, the American homestead but with the conquered territories of Eastern Europe that they depopulated the, um, the living room of Europe right the right. Lebensraum was going to be this wonderful yeah it was supposed to be past- the American Great Plains and the Slavic people were the Native Americans, basically. It was, oh my God, don't tell them that. <laughs> I mean, like... They'd be like, uh, you know who we're like. Well, and that's the, that's the funny thing. The noble Native Americans. And that's, and that's the funny thing about Ukraine is that, like, the Nazis hated them. Yeah, like, no, the Nazis The Nazis want to, wanted like, to rid the earth. That was, like, before the Jews, the they wanted to rid the world of the Slavs and yeah. put Germanic people there yeah. instead. Um, yeah, I mean... I didn't mean before that. They, yeah, they, they, like you they, know. They conflated the two. Uh, right. Yeah, the Jews still had a certain other aspect to them within their general mythos, but the Slavs were generally seen as people in the way on land that was to be farmed by... 
Lederhosen wearing uh, Bavarian yeoman, uh, basically. So, you know, in, in the general sense, you know, at the same time, they have this whole like new city, new Neo Berlin like futurism, especially with the Italians, um, like kind of hyper modernism, uh, culture of contradictions. So I guess, like, yeah, but I mean, when we're talking Slavs, we're talking East Slavs, we're talking West Slavs and South Slavs, which uh, the South Slavs are the one I know about the most. The kingdom of the um, South Slavs, because I, I, you know, like I know about in, the in, Bulgarians, in, the fake Macedonians. In Slavic, South is Yugo. <laughs> Yugoslavia means southern Slav land. It does. Um, you know, I know about them, sir. But I, wasn't the mythos of the Ukrainian Nazis that Russians are not descended from Aryans and therefore they're like. Well, that's where we get lesser... into the magic parts of yeah, it. You know. Because it's all race science is bullshit. All of it is based on this assumption that, uh, one, women don't count. Um, <laughs> uh, which acts like we have the this access to lines of peoples and whatever. And it's bullshit because it ignores the fact that people had very different understandings of these things uh, for lots of years. Um, also, women are just like bought, sold, traded, raped. All You know, there's no way to actually... Right. One. But uh, a good deal of people um, miss understand this and that is another way uh, especially in eastern europe this there's a particular kind of like race science that's very popular that's very like intra-balkan bullshit most of the time about like serbs and croats and albanians all being like no we did this whatever but it all goes to this idea that like you could trace something to some ancient people and these people don't exist it doesn't exist there's no purity it's not a thing it's it's not a thing uh, outside of horrific genetic inherited diseases <laughs> and things of this nature uh but the idea of oh well maybe like we are just really smart is very tempting for people but none of these people uh look at the framing ever. It's all like a misunderstanding enveloped in a misunderstanding on purpose with with like the plethora of these white supremacist fascists. Like what? there's no real thing there. You can't like argue against a thing that's not real. Have you looked into the Ukrainian kind of Nazi Slavic bifurcation? I mean, not, not extensively it kind of came off as every other fucking european nazi boutique fucking ideology of a bunch of stories about people migrating to different places and oh we're from this culture of the danube and you know just a bunch of shit i don't care about i mean like yeah i get the whole notional idea that they view themselves as not really slavic or whatever but yeah i mean it's just every fucking country has this shit like hungary has it you know like well yeah and there was certainly i mean there's certainly a lot of talk about ukrainians being pure europeans and 
that was something that was sort of casually bandied about. Like we've got these pure European refugees. How quaint. How novel. It still is. Um, I mean, which is hilarious because everybody who's you know this those South flaws and whatever are like, what the fuck? We were just. Are you kidding? Uh, uh, we just passed a forty billion dollar thing for Ukraine, which uh, I guess is giving them more rocks to throw at Russians or whatever. And I just saw the Republicans went to Ukraine to meet with Zelensky. It's very funny seeing Zelensky, who seems like four foot five next to like Mitch McConnell. He's like a very short man. Yeah, he's. Um, but there's also this myth going around that the Republicans are the anti-war party. Have you run across this? That like, yeah, I mean, just yeah. the like, like the Glenn Greenwald kind of Republicans are the only ones standing up against sending more money and guns to Ukraine. I mean, you know, that's a little true right now. It's also a question of some partisan thing. They're not being successful, so who cares? And it's also a question. Yeah, I mean, if you want to point out that Marjorie Taylor Greene has done more to oppose U.S. military action in Ukraine than AOC has, that's probably a true statement. (laughs) I mean, like, and if you want to, like, take a minute and go, eh, it's kind of weird and that kind of sucks and it's kind of fucked up and... Boy, howdy, I wish there was an organized uh, left that could, like, do a single goddamn thing when push comes to shove. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, the Republicans aren't the anti-war party. I mean, that's silly. And frankly, if the Democrats were out of power, you might be getting more chattering from AOC on it. But, you know. Yeah, we don't have an anti-war party. Yeah. It's propaganda. It seems like a propaganda attempt. Yeah, to- I, mean, I almost feel like propaganda on, for who? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's based vaguely on something real. Like, it would be, you know, preferable if the squad. It's just was like, yeah, present. on this, on this, you get a technicality. Sure, <laughs> like, like it's kind of that. Yeah, it would be nice if, yeah, if AOC was opposed to the war well, or like whatever. It, and like, it is true that Trump is probably the least pro-war president. Yeah. I mean, he didn't start any wars. He he bombed that guy in Iran. That's the most heavily yeah, he politicized. Some other shit. I mean, I don't know. Oh, Israel's doing some shit too. That's going on. No, they murdered a lady and then like and then beat people at her funeral. Yeah, they do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, like but, that, but then Joe Biden was upset that it was on TV. Yeah, he was. He was like, guys, get it off TV. Yeah, you do that shit when the cameras pan away. Whatever, everything's fucking terrible. The bad guys are winning, guys. It sucks. That's what it feels. Money's deleting her tweets. I did. I uh, in a flurry. Fun. A fun fact about me is it did not occur to me to mass delete tweets um, as I've been looking for work. And nor have I locked my account at any point. <laughs> I have in the past like searched my account for certain like incendiary terms and made sure I didn't have anything that like, oh, like 
this is however old and now seems very, you know, off color, bad or whatever, right? Um, but then, uh, I don't know, it just occurred to me that maybe I shouldn't just keep this running thing. And then I looked it up and I had over 18,000 tweets. And I was like, that's gross. <laughs> Um, especially for somebody who is not like a very, uh, I'm not a Twitter famous person by any metric. So it's like, who is this for? Um, I am a, in a crazy psycho way. I do keep a record of everything I tweet like privately anyway. So it like, isn't like, oh, maybe some gem was in there that I'll never have access to again. But yeah. Um, so I deleted like 10,000 tweets uh, and I'm probably going to delete a good deal more because there's at least 8,000 left. But more, not just, I guess I think I resented the idea that I should have to delete anything to like appeal to employers. But yeah, yeah. now it's more, I didn't think about like I should do that because of in the industry that I like am in and tend to be in, it also matters. <laughs> like, like I had this dichotomy in my head about like, the professional whatever world separate from entertainment. And then I was like, oh my God, uh, no, this is real dumb. Entertainment industry. Yeah. Also, I don't need people knowing how old I am. So yeah. <laughs> like, why would I give them evidence that I've been tweeting since, you know, um, whatever. So the point is, if you are a, an avid consumer of Bunny's old tweets, well, Hope you got your screenshots. Bitch. Hope you got your screenshots. I and did keep up the ones about my millionaire appearance. Uh, so there is uh, there's some things like that that I was like, I'm gonna make sure these don't get deleted. Um, your time is running out. You need to go through them real quick if you yeah, want to see. I look. I long ago deleted tweets that had. I look. I've talked about it before. I have. One of my first stand-up acts, there is a hugely cancelable, by today's standards, uh, bit I did very openly. Um, and uh, I had several tweets about it um, that I deleted, I don't know, a couple years ago. And Now I'm interested. Yeah, and if, I mean, like, you'd have to be somebody who's actually my friend who has the ability to go back on my Facebook long enough which I have my Facebook, if you were friends with me after a certain date, you can't go past. Mm. You can't like look in all my old stuff. So um, it sucks because um, I like exuberantly did this bit. Like it was not like, this wasn't even a bit where I'm like, oh, I'm being kind of edgy. Like uh, I have no problem admitting the joke I used to do that it's like, it's so dumb to call people gay when you like mean it's retarded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, sorry, it's it's a funny. You get why it's a joke. Yeah, it's, yeah, a joke it's a joke. joke. Um, yeah, it's a decent joke. Yeah, but I don't do it. Do it at you know whatever. I think bring it back. Um, I mean, it's just a quick, it's just, if I was more of a one-liner person, it might just get in there. It depends. But this, uh, this bit I'm talking about, it was like, um, not a clean joke. It was part of a larger bit. And, um, also I, it just occurred to me that these really young people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So they could see a tweet from 10 years ago and they're only 
a whatever person and have this wild, like I was, I don't know, it just occurred to me that. Um, it is crazy that people are younger than you. No, that they could be so young that, that I'm impressed, honestly. I'm impressed the level of, like, of course She's I know. She's still angry about the Steve Martin thing. Oh, yeah, no, that did annoy. No, that was somebody who was my fucking age trying to be like, I'm young. Oh, I don't get this. I fuck, fuck that girl. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't even know who it is, but I did. It made me very mad because of that specifically. I would have been more forgiving of an actual early 20-something saying this, but this was a millennial person being like, I guess this is funny to like my parents. You burnt, you dumb bitch. Uh <laughs> It's delightful to me most of the things that I like marvel at that I'm like oh like somebody who's this age would not have experienced X like it's 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 fun to think about, but the way we joked about something in 2014 would not even be something you could explain to somebody who's 23 right now. <laughs> I was like, why would I even want to open myself up to uh, these kinds of conversations like? There's no upside to keeping all of these tweets up. Um, I can't possibly find everyone that would make me cringe for real. And the possibility that one that I'm not even ashamed of, that I would go and be like, oh, that's fine, that some, some person would, for whatever reason, zero in on. It's like, uh, yeah, why would I do it? Um, I don't think anyone's going to hire me still. <laughs> but, um, oh, well. oh, I also kept up a very specific John McCain joke, <laughs> which is um, I can't respect his legacy as it's built on an ancient Indian burial. <laughs> 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 it's haunted. <laughs> it's a good joke. Colin Quinn liked it. All right. Have a good night or morning or afternoon. I'm going to make like Zeus and curl up on Steve's lap. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's stretch it. out on oh, Steve's yeah. lap. <laughs> I've had two dogs on my lap yeah, for the entirety funny. of this recording. Yeah, they're funny. They get buried yeah. in puppish. They, okay. They're, they just force themselves on Steve most All of the right. time. Alright. Good night. Goodbye. Thrayton, thunk and love and shore, car shore, thou shall love.